Hello and welcome to the unofficial, unsanctioned Dan's Got Ebola, maybe, women's UCI cycling show. My name is Dan and I may or may not have Ebola with me to discuss my medical prognosis, as always, is my dear friend Sarah. Hi, Sarah. Hello. Hello, Dan has the man flu. He's whining and whining and whining and whining and whining. So what we've said is that if he starts coughing hideously, he's got to put himself on mute so that poor you doesn't have to listen to him hacking up I, bits of his lungs. I maintain that that's unfair, that our audience would love to hear the, um, the wet splatting sound of a piece of my lung hit the microphone. I think that that that's exactly our demographic sweet spot. They're a bunch of sadists, and they would enjoy it enormously. I'm sure. Well, I I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I, <laughs> I you know. Basically, <laughs> oh God! You're if you have to cut off bits of your lung, just put the mute button on because I don't want to hear that. It offends my delicate sensibilities. Right. Yeah, no, of course. Um, and and to be fair, the the whole show is built around your every whim and command. So. Exactly. Yeah. And my delicate sensibilities, I have to admit, are a little bit overexcited this week. We've just well, come off national. To, to be fair, that's no different to any other week, though. I mean, honestly, that's, you know, well. Anyway, but you're right. It was, it's been a big week past, and we've got an even bigger week coming up, which is why, you know, despite the fact that I'm obviously on my deathbed and bleeding from my eyeballs with uh, a deadly, deadly virus that you're probably contracted by listening to us. Um, Sarah said I just had to toughen up and podcast like a girl and, uh, and talk about nationals with you and then, and then Giro Rosa. Yeah, what we're going to do is we're going to tell you a bit about the national championships, we're going to tell you a bit about various things we like, and then we're going to do our big Giro Rosa preview. If you don't know, the Giro Rosa, as the name implies, it's the women's Giro. It starts on Friday. It's the only race, the only race that the UCI allow to go beyond beyond seven, beyond eight days. It's ten, back to ten stages long. It's the only Grand Tour of the season. The Italians go absolutely crazy for this race. Everywhere's going to be pink. And it's got mountain stages, which is so rare in women's cycling these days. And it's just going to be beautiful. And I'd sing the song, but I don't want to give Dan a relapse. No, please, please, I beg you. I beg you in the name of all of the gods, pagan and otherwise, don't sing the song. So yeah, so national championships. Um, how if you're if you don't really know that much about cycling, basically most of the national championships, um, especially the European, pretty much all the European national championships are all in the same week, and that's so that all the riders can just go and race their national championships without worrying about missing out races. Obviously, if you're American or Australian or South African, you've had your, you know, they, they've had their, they, it's a bit more harder to travel back for the national championships. I think the only one, the one outside Europe was Canada. Hello, Canada. Canada. Um, Canada is not, it's Canada. It's Canada. Canada. No, our prime minister might have called it Canada once because he's a fucking moron, but... Uh, uh, countries and, and actually, I think it was Canada Day today or yesterday. Yes, Canada day. Time. Happy Canadian Day! Happy ha Canadian Day, Canadians! Can Canada Day! We love Canada. I love Canada. We do love Canada. Yeah. Why, Canada. why are you no. insulting these poor Canadians? Not, they're they're wonderful, wonderful people. Anyway, so yeah, um, we're not going to go through all the races in detail, but I've got a uh, 
a, a, a list of all the videos I found on our blog, prowomenscycling.com, and that's got all the videos that we could find from the, IT, the women's ITT races and from the women's road races. And there was some very interesting stuff happening. I was going to say, I didn't, I didn't get to see everything, obviously, between you know fits of fever and whatnot, but I saw a few results come through on the weekend that were a bit surprising. Um, yes. what, what kind of stood out for you? Well, I think the big surprise, the first surprise of the week, really, on Wednesday, was the Dutch National Championships, ITT. And you go, that's easy. Ellen van Dijk wins that. Yeah, well, I mean, that's basically, I, I assumed that nobody else even bothered to turn up. But, oh my goodness, they bothered to turn up, because Annemiek van Vleuten <coughs> her by 0.26 of a second. No, all the top three were within 0.26 of a second. Um, Annemiek van Vleuten, Ellen in second, Mariana Voss in third. Very, very, very tight. Which and just goes to prove your long-standing theory that the Dutch is shit at time trials. <laughs> it goes to prove my long-standing theory that the Dutch are the best cycling nation in the world <laughs> and that the Dutch... <laughs> B team at Worlds is better than most countries' A teams. Did you know that you have to qualify to get to race the Dutch National Championships because they've got so many brilliant cyclists? Yeah, that's it. They have so many people vying for it. that Actually, I think I saw that on Chloe Hosking's Twitter that she, she shuddered in fear at even the thought of trying to qualify for Dutch Championships. Yeah, well, so. it's basically you've got to race in regional championships to get to go to national championships. And, yeah, I mean, the Dutch national road race is... Uh, the, the two national road races that I think are the hardest to win or have the most competitors are the Dutch and the Italian ones. And the Dutch ITT champs... Oh, my goodness, Annemiek, Ellen, Marianne, Mariana. And Ellen obviously wasn't madly happy, but I actually think this is a good thing because it means that when we have people... In, when we have ITTs... We're going to have the Dutch national jersey being seen because obviously Ellen's in her road champion stripes. True, true, but her ITT champion stripes. So yeah, so that was interesting. And there's a brilliant video made by Rabo Sport TV of the of, of following the race, and it kind of has them all warming up. Mariana has her shoulder strapped up with a lot of Rabobank coloured book tape, which worried me. Um, but yeah, and. And even if you don't understand Dutch, you can definitely understand the pure, pure happiness in Annemiek van Vleuten's voice. Um, other ITTs? Well, I mean, the other thing was the other thing was that by Saturday, on Saturday, they pretty much everyone was winning doubles. Yeah, so you I, had that was the other thing I was going to say that was kind of weird. Like, you know, I, and I blame Alison Powers for this because she got so much attention for for winning the triple. Um, that obviously everyone's just gone, well, fuck that, I'm, I'm winning at least two, you know. And oh, yeah, and, and someone went one better than Alison Powers. Really? Who the fuck? Yes. How are there even, what was, the, what fourth was there? What, what I is will it? explain. Listen, listen, and listen, sit, are you sitting comfortably? No, I'm, I'm not, I'm ill. Okay, there's, so, there's no comfortable position for me. Okay, it's... Ali Powers, Ali Powers has, holds the Crit Championship, the road race and the ITT, first yeah. American to do all of that. Yeah. But she won the Crit Championships in September last year. Yeah, so right. that weekend, on her, on then, on USA Nationals weekend, she only, in inverted commas, won the double to go with the crit champs that she held already. Amazing achievement. I think that's brilliant. However, Leah Kirchman from Optin Pro Kelly in Canada, um, actually, Canada! Won, actually won the triple 
of Road, ITT, and Crit Champs all in the same weekend. Okay, but I sorry, is that what you meant by one better? I thought you meant someone yeah. had won a fourth national title, and I was like, but how do you win? Like, what what's left? What's the fourth national title in? Well, you could have it in track and things like that, and cyclocross, and I mean, Mariana probably has like a hundred this year. I can't even imagine how many national titles Voss has. So yeah, so that was so hurrah for Leah Kirchman. She's first Canadian rider to do that. That's great. Um, other people who won the double was Mayuko Hagiwara in Japan, Alina Amielusik in Belarus, and two that really stood out for me was Emma Johansson, who retained her ITT champs title on um on in in, the, in you know which was really really good riding because you know she's up mm. against some really tears like like emilia farlene and then on saturday she was racing in what in the swedish road race the god of thunder thor having an absolute fit rain wind horrible race that seems I to go saw... on ever, ever and ever yeah i saw some photos from that on twitter while it was going on and it was literally like, it wasn't just rain. It was rain so heavy that you've kind of only got, like, 20 metres visibility rain. It was yeah. it was fucking walls of water rain. I, yeah. I can't even begin to imagine how much that must have sucked. Oh, it was awful. Yay. Sweden in the summer. Where should we go for our summer holidays next year, Dan? And um, it was, yeah. Oh, I definitely, definitely want to go to Sweden for a midsummer festival. Shout out to Sweden, yeah. Yeah, but maybe not in that kind of rain. But yeah, and it was, yeah, mad, mad, crazy weather. Um, but one by, like, I was, asking, um, I was asking Ben Atkins, someone asked Ben Atkins, oh, yeah, the race is still going on. Emma won, but everyone else is still finishing, <laughs> like, two days later. Well, um, <laughs> but who was it that came second in that race? Um, uh, I have no idea. No, oh. Shit! Now, now that I've said road. that, I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to look it up. Oh, it was a, it was it was a younger rider, and um, and she did quite well from memory, from you know, fever induced memory. Yeah, I think Dan might be dreaming about things again, people. So just, <laughs> yeah, you know, no, Dan dreaming about Swedish cyclists. What are you trying to say? No. Yeah, kind of fever dreams where Swedish cyclists are racing around you in the um, pouring rain. Oh goodness. Okay, National Championship Sweden, um, Malin Rindland, four minutes and 12 behind, Sarah Mustanen, third in 5.022. What do we know about Malin Rindland? We know that she is born in 1977. Oh, wow, okay, so she's not, I mean, she's younger than me, but she's not that young, I suppose, in, in cycling years. Yes. Okay, well, cool, there, there we go. Welcome to yet another edition of... Sarah proves Dan wrong. <laughs> Fuck. Sarah proves Dan wrong with Eddie, Adam and any um, chokes. And, and the other, the the now we have a new contender for best road, best national championships of the year. Yeah, we were. Uh, hang on, hang on, hang on. Like as in better than Dutch? No, no, no. Better in terms of for fans. Oh right. Because remember, we watched the USA National Champs on Tour Tracker. Yeah, and that was very, very good. Yeah, I mean, they had some problems with the, you know, with the middle point of the race and stuff like that. But you know, we've but, actually got but compared a, to got what we get from everyone else. Yeah, we got championships that did much better than that, and that was France, 
which was streamed, which, which was shown on France 3 TV and streamed live. And so I could watch it, um, yay. And it was a brilliant race. And it was um, very exciting. It's got, they've got some really good riders there, you know, um, specifically. That's, that's interesting, though, because, like, uh, I could be, like, just mental. But I find it weird that ASO has made things in the past so difficult in terms of getting coverage of women's races. And and yet French nationals are live on TV. That's no, awful. no, no. You know, no. You know why it is, it's, and and there has been an issue. There has been an issue that France, the heart, one of the heartlands of cycling, has not been very a good place for women for women road races. They've been really good, well supportive of BMX, of um, downhill, of cross country mountain yep. bike, of of you know or track. You know, but they haven't had a very good road scene, and they've not re- and they kind of turn their back on it. And part of this was, you know, the inevitability of Jeannie Longo. Uh, right, yes. Who was racing, but sadly did not finish. You sound so disappointed. But one of the things that they have at the moment is that that's kind of, I think, might be one of the reasons that we're getting the media for it, is super champion Paulina Ferran-Provost, winner of... Um, I think she had four junior junior road championships across mountain bike mm. road and tra- and ITT, and she's just this year she won her first mountain bike um, world, world cup and yeah, a road world and cup. she also won the Flesh Wallon World yeah. Cup. Yeah, and she's such a star. She's not just she's she's beautiful. She's eloquent. Not that beautiful should count, but you know she's eloquent. She's funny. She's very clever. She's very witty and you know and she's just a superstar and and she's really 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 come into form i think i think she said uh, her kusmaron hearts out her ds said after flesh that she had sometimes struggled with confidence and i think we've said this before about how difficult it is for riders to come who've excelled in juniors to go to get into mm. the seniors mm. but yeah. she um yeah she she just she she said that obviously winning flesh she doesn't really have to prove anything else this year. And yeah. then she won the Mean Beera. And then on on Saturday, she won the road road. She, she'd obviously won the ITT championships, which she held already. And then she won the road race. And it wasn't a done, a done thing because there was a break group that, she, that got away and she had to chase, 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 chase. Yeah. And then in the end of the race, she just put in, I think it was in the last lap, she put in this phenomenal attack. You know, when you're just watching attack and it's beautiful to watch. And I could watch Pauline Fran-Provo attack all day. She's just, oh, God, gorgeous riding. And, you mm, know, mm. really happy. So that was, that was another double. So, yeah. Wow. It's, so, um, it's been I a ridiculous also, year for doubles, though, hasn't it? Like, yeah. it's, it's crazy. Well, well, this was interesting. So Saturday was mostly a day of doubles, but then Sunday was very interesting. Now, I was at the British National Road Championships and in Abergavenny and, and Monmouthshire, and I have to give a massive, 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 massive thank, thank you to Nikki and Gethin, who drove me from Newport to the, um, to the ITT champs, and to Dave, Dave White, who drove me to... Um, Abergavenny um, to be able to see it because otherwise I wouldn't have been able to get there and thank you I appreciate you from the bottom of my heart sincerely thank you guys and, for, for babysitting Sarah for a day each that's yep great um, I hope I hope she bought you all many many beers to uh... I kept offering but no one would let me buy them beer I bought Dave some beers because he stayed in Bristol the day before so I bought Dave some beers then but yes okay. um, 
so yeah, so but the ITT, the women's ITT, very interesting. Lots to prove, lots to prove about the Commonwealth Games selection and stuff. But it was yeah. won by Emma Pooley. Your favourite. I carried Emma Pooley's bag. Ha! Does that count as a, you know, does that count like in the same way, you know, you interview people and then they win things um, and they and they get the Sarah, the pigeon's bump? Um, does, <laughs> does carrying her bag count or...? I think it must do. I don't know. I was, I, she was, she was there without any support. She'd basically ridden up from the hotel she was staying with and, 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 and yeah. And, um, yeah. And, uh, it was, yeah, it was, she had an amazing race. It started the coverage. If you ever watch the video, the video is the weirdest thing. Um, it sounds like a cross between David Attenborough and Stephen Hawking's voice box, but without the charisma. So kind of like I sound now, basically. No, no, no. You sound much better. Also, you know basic facts about people. You know, it kind of... It kind of... Sorry. Yeah. Sorry. Um, yeah, so... Uh, um, yeah, it's, it's, it was a really good day. And in oh, that must place... be that must be awesome for Emma, though, to, to, you know, be really hitting her stride now. Um, leading into Giro next week, so yeah, I mean, it was the perfect. It was a perfect course for her. And interestingly, um, so Katie Archibald came in second, and we were all joking beforehand. You know, to be honest, if Katie Archibald, she's on so on fire at the moment. She's a young Scottish cyclist, um, still very young, who only started cycling a couple of years ago. Um, she started racing grass crits at the Highland Games as a way to try and make some extra cash. Okay. So and yeah. she and she won a couple of medals in the, one of the World Cups this year, where she had to go by herself with just one mechanic because um, she wasn't part of the British cycling crew. Um, she's really, really on fire. She's been winning domestically crits. She's, she was part of the World Championship winning um, track uh, team pursuit team earlier this year, but she's been winning crits. She's been winning hilly road races. So for her to come second in the ITT is just like no fucking surprise at all. Oh, my God, that woman's on fire. Yeah. Um, and in third place was a rider who wasn't selected for the commies for Britain, Sarah Story, Dame Sarah Story. Mm, I, um, I remember seeing something about, was it, was it her who lost her champagne bottle on the podium? Yes. <laughs> Sorry, I'm going to cough. But I remember seeing that photo and just going, God, I hope you have a, the story behind that because that seems so ridiculous. Yeah, well, you know, she's obviously Sarah's Sarah story is a Paralympic, Paralympic superstar. She's won over the course of her career 22 Paralympic medals, I think 22 World Championships titles, 11 Paralympic golds. And she races with able-bodied cyclists domestically, and she does really, really well. Yeah, yeah. She, she you yeah. Know, gets on the podium, she wins things and stuff. She had a year off last year. Her daughter Louisa was one year old on the national, on the road champs this year, this oh. week. Um, but because her 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 disability is that when she was a baby, when she was in the womb, her umbilical cord wrapped itself around her 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 arm, okay. her left arm. Yeah, yeah. So her left arm is is very small and her hand didn't really form so she hasn't got um finger she hasn't really got you know she's got like, oh really got right right so not doesn't have fully so, developed um fingers or, or yeah, whatever. yeah yeah exactly so so she's got a very weak left arm and, and it's very interesting looking at her bike because she's got this um jerry rigged together um 
bike thing to put her hand into for the time trial bars and, and all her bikes are set up so that you know all the gears gearings and brakings is only on the right hand side oh wow okay so yeah so yeah. She's, she's a very interesting person she really wanted to go to commonwealth games but they didn't take her they took joanna rousel so there was something political there about um about uh about sarah coming third and joe rousel coming fourth but yeah so because she doesn't have two functioning hands they're shaking up the bottles of champagne on the podium and they're, you know, turning to, turning to, to you know, popping the cork. Mm, and mm. as it popped, the bottle flew out of her hand and, and hand, you know, her hand and nearly hit Larry Hickbot, um, who runs the Velo UK site and stuff like that. Very appropriate that huh. Larry brained in the head with a bottle of champagne because um, it was hilarious for him and yeah and yeah that was that was it well there are there are just definitely worse ways to go um, yes you know and if, then also, if my epitaph read brained with a bottle of champagne at the hands of Dame Sarah story I'd be satisfied yeah. yeah so then on Sunday it was the road race and the road race is a very hard it was a very hard fought road race and, and I, I oh my god we were so clever yeah I don't know how this happened but they had a long loop, and we sat in the park, and there was supposed to be live streaming at the race, and there wasn't, and it's like, oh, God. And then we got to the finish line where they got the four laps. And for some reason, Ben and I, using our little media bands, toddle into this bit that's, um, that's like, you know, where the, where the Eurosport filming guys are standing. And it's, you know, it's just up from the finishing straight. It's really good, you know, really good. We're really happy. And we turn around, and we realise there's actually a, a TV screen with a live feed just behind us. Uh-huh. Like not a Perfect. big screen or anything, just a little light, just a little fit, just a little like computer screen. So we get Adrian, who we met, and Dave to come in with us, and yep. we're basically turning around and watching it on the screen. And then as the riders come through, turning back to the barriers, which were literally just behind, you know, on the, you know, literally you could turn one way, see the screen, turn the other way, see the barriers. See the see the road. So ba- basically, set. the perfect setup. Yeah. Yeah, I don't even know how that happened. It was just like random luck. <laughs> um, well, I, I can guarantee that someone from British Cycling is listening right now, working out how to stop that from happening to you next year. So. Well, this is the funny <laughs> thing was when I when I tweeted a picture of the live feed and people were like, oh my god, where are you watching that? It's like I'm really sorry. <laughs> <laughs> But, you know, there is this thing of if I was watching the live feed at the finish line, why could no one else? But anyway, whatever. So Lizzie Armitstead, so it kind of was a very heavy, heavy roads, a tacky, hard race. Lizzie Armitstead was out solo. And on the last, on the, as she came in through the penultimate lap, there was nearly this complete disaster because Lizzie's, it's quite a long, 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 narrow road, yeah, down this high street in Abergavenny. Um, and, and, at the end of the finishing straight, there's this sharp, you know, this, there's this 90-degree corner. And we're looking there, and there's this group of riders who are about to be caught with their outrider motorbikes. And at the same time, there's a commissaire's car that's leading Lizzie. And Lizzie just behind it. And you're like, shit, this is going to... It was really scary to watch because you're like, this, is, this could be a disaster. You've got, you know, cars meet, bicycles meet. Yeah, and I'm watching yeah. Lizzie skills through... And there was, I think it was Molly Weaver from Epic, like... We were wondering what was going on because the first thing we saw is this little group of lap riders came down was this epic rider, Molly, yelling and pointing and waving and screaming at people, you know, get the fuck over there, get to the left, you know, get left, get left. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. Because, you know, they're about, they, they were, I think they were going to be, I don't know if they were pulled out themselves or if Molly just pulled them out on the basis that, you know, we've been lapped and this is really dangerous. We, yeah, you know. yeah. And then you're like, 
Oh my god! And and literally, we had our hands over our mouths and we're like, "This is this is this could be disastrous." But watching Lizzie's skills negotiating this tight corner through cars and motos and riders and stuff was just well, yeah. I mean, that's that's crazy, isn't it? Is the kind of shit that you see every now and then that that literally costs someone the race. You know, like yeah, you know, no, t- touch touch of wheels and Lizzie goes down and. And, yeah. you know, she hurts a leg and gets up and she's lost half of her, her lead and, and the rest of it's reeled in as a result or, or whatever. And we all sort of shrug and go, that's cycling. Um, but, yeah, that that could have been really, really shitty luck. Well, I think the other thing is, is that it definitely slowed her. I don't know if it cost her the race, but it definitely slowed her down. And it definitely, um, definitely would have freaked her out. It, you know, if, if if nothing else, your concentration is shot to fuck because you're literally going, "What the fuck's happening? Oh my god, am I going to die?" Yeah, and, where did all these people come from? Uh, they, so, on the, and, yeah. and and behind Lizzie is this small group that included Emma Pooley, Sarah Story, Sharon Laws. Um, right, so a bunch of a bunch of and, relative nobodies that you wouldn't be at all concerned to be chasing down your lead. And, Three members of Wiggle dropping to two members of Wiggle, Laura Trot and Danny King. Holy fuck. I have to admit, I, have to admit, I was completely convinced that this race was going to come down to um, Lizzie, Sharon, Emma, with Sarah Story and Katie Archibald doing it and Wiggle um, not, not, you know, kind of coming in the top ten. But, oh my God, because on the last lap, so Emma's chasing and chasing and chasing, putting in huge amount. They drop all kinds of riders. They drop, well, they drop Katie, they drop another Wiggle. Um, Sarah Story really valiantly tried to stay on, couldn't. Sharon kept yep. getting dropped in the last lap and kept just pulling back. Mm. But then on the last, and Emma's absolutely driving the chase. Yeah. And then on the last lap, Danny King launches this incredible attack and catches Lizzie. Okay, yep, yep. It's just superb, really, really good riding. And Lizzie sits up a bit and the rest of them catch her. And then it comes in to a kind of, to, to, and it basically, and despite riders like Emma and Lizzie trying to get away, it comes down to a bunch of men and Laura Trot won. Oh, wow. With Danny King in second. Oh, wow. I would never, ever have, and, and Lizzie third, and I would never, ever have, bet on that at all it, that it must, was just that must have had wiggle over the moon i, I oh, R- rochelle oh, was there wasn't she so yes yes did I, you get to talk to her she must have been thrilled yeah i've interviewed her and and you can um hear the interview in the in my list of um in my list of videos on awesome. our site Cycling.com. Yeah, no, they were delighted, and, and and Laura was saying she'd been going so badly recently. And you know, I've got to admit, sometimes I'm a bit, oh well, yeah, Laura and Danny, they're just they're just trackies, la 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 la, you know. And and you can't say, you know, you just can't say that anymore because they beat, you know, they beat some. It's it's you know, some some national road championships. You're like, oh yeah, great, yeah, hurrah, congratulations. But you know, races like the French one and the British one and the German championships are just, you know, there's some really serious competition there. So. You know, congratulations. Well, it sounds like it was a really exciting race. Um, oh, my God, so exciting. I, I, right up to the finish. Just, yeah, it was just amazing. So I, hope, I, had, I hope some video surfaces then. Like, have you have, is, you, have you actually on, found the video of it? Right. What we've got video, we've got the Wiggle video, which includes them in the team car and talking afterwards. We've got the British Cycling video, and we've also got the last half hour of the race, which was shown on ITV4, which unfortunately does miss off the bits that were most exciting. (laughs) Sounds like standard commercial TV coverage. (laughs) So it misses misses this this, this Lizzie Armistead moment at the end, and it misses various bits of, you know, attacking and dropping and attacking and chasing. But yeah, 
Um, but it's half an hour of racing. It's available till next um, Saturday, I think, on ITV4. Um, no, sorry, it's available for a month, I think, um, and on, on that ITV player. And if you can't get it because you don't live in the UK, I have solutions for you. Go to our blog. <laughs> um, other national championships won Yolene de Hoare. Um, who's a former junior world champion and former um, and had the national Belgian championships, won the Belgian championships um, in yeah really well. Cool. Um, Elena Cecchini um, in Italy, the Italian one I'd say is the second hardest one to win after the Dutch. Um, Elena won. Now, She's too did you find that a little bit of a surprise? Because I I probably would have thought Elisa was almost a lock I, for I, that I one. I totally thought Elisa. I mean, I I don't know. I don't. I've got to read up what happened there. But um, I think well, the Italian championships often tend to be won by riders who aren't necessarily how to put it. It's often run by young riders taking a real opportunity and yeah. beating established pros. Like, right, they really go out for this race, all mm, out for this mm. race, like craziness. Um, so, yeah, so often won by, you know, so you'd expect, you know, so while you'd think, um, you know, Elisa Longo Borghini, Giorgia Bronzini, it's, um, but Elena Cicchini has had an amazing year. And yeah, well, and, uh, yeah, exactly. It's, it's not like she's unheard of or anything like that. So, yeah. Exactly, and so really, really super happy for her because she gets to start the Giro in the. Um, yeah, that's got to be that's got to be especially awesome, you know, yeah. to have just won and, and then be um, wearing it. At, another yeah. double, another double in Germany. Lisa Brunauer, ITT and road race, and then on Saturday the the drama. One of the interesting ones was the Dutch national championships because attacking, attacking, attacking. Lucinda browned out by herself. Then. Um, uh, Vera Koduda attacks to ch- acts, attacks out of the chase group to chase her, joined by Iris Slappendell. Iris out solo, Lucinda out solo, Luc- Iris grinding her way back over quite a long time to get to Lucinda, comes down to a bunch sprint between teammates. Lucinda was devastated at the end, really, really unhappy. But you know, afterwards she's saying, you know, I've got blogs by both Lucinda and Iris afterwards where Iris is saying, well, I'm really, you know, of course I'm disappointed for Lucinda, but I had to take my chance. I'm not getting any younger. (laughs) And Lucinda saying, yeah, I was really, really devastated at the time, but, you know, that's bike racing. Um, I'm really glad the jersey stayed in the team. Uh, uh, One one really honest answer and one one answer filtered through a a proud PR coach. (laughs) So... Yeah. Well, no, I think I think it genuinely is. I think once you've got over the shock, you know, once you've got over the shock of it, I think, actually, if I had to lose, losing to you, you know, do you know what I mean? It's like a, a you know, a good thing. So, you know, it's, yeah, so I'm really happy for Iris. Um, obviously disappointing for um, uh, for Lucinda. So, uh, we've done half an hour of national championships. Wow. Before, before we get to the Giro... There are some things I want to just point out to people that you have to watch this week that we'd normally talk about for ages, but we are going straight to the Giro, uh, okay? Okay. Um, obviously, I, I interviewed Emma Pooley after the race. I had coffee with Emma Pooley, did I tell you? No, you didn't. Um, but I, I gather that, that um, you know, you had coffee with Emma Pooley, so... I had coffee with Emma Pooley. She's very nice. Honestly, Emma Pooley is hilarious. She's very, very clever. She's very self-deprecating. What, what sort of coffee did she order, just out of curiosity? Very strong coffee. You have no idea what she ordered. A latte. Oh, right, okay. And more importantly, biscuits. Yeah, 
It's all right. It's all it's all disappointing. So that's okay. Well, you would not be disappointed. You would you if you had coffee with Emma Pudi, you'd go. You know what? I don't care about coffee. I this is so much fun. I that don't care about coffee. Would literally never happen. That literally would happen, and you'd go. Holy shit! I never thought I'd say I, this. I do not believe for a second that there is anybody on the face of this planet that could make me not care about coffee. Well. That's a really sad, sad life you live. Oh, yeah, sure. Kick, kick the sick man who loves his coffee. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I, I hope you can't taste it right now. <gasps> you take that back. Oh, my God. That's the meanest thing you've ever said to me. I like, I, you, you told me to be mean to you. Yeah, so, but yeah. there are lines. Jesus. Wow. I mean, fuck it. This isn't Nam. There are rules. So anyway, <laughs> things you have to look at this week. There's an interview with Lizzie Armitstead from, on, from Ruler magazine that appeared in their magazine and is now online. And it is just, oh, it's everything you expect from a Lizzie Armitstead interview. She's, um, um, she's, she's a bit frank. <laughs> oh no, she, she said the honest bits really, out loud. It's basically full of things saying, yeah, for the Rio Olympics, British Cycling are only, are only funding her and Lucy Garner on the road in the run-up to the Rio Olympics, which are hilly. So, you know, Lucy Garner, she's an amazing rider. I love her, but, you know, she's a sprinter. Mm. Um, and she's like, what, what do they think we can do? And she says something interesting saying that I wish someone would just write down the facts, like, very plainly without any emotion because then people would know I'm not just whining that it is sexism and 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 she's just but she says all sorts of different things she's so good there's no it's impossible to pick up a quote you have to read that interview she's amazing and that segues me into um another writer that I who is very interesting oh yeah it was quite funny hanging out with Emma Pooley before and after the race and watching British cycling people talk to her in slightly different ways before and after uh, her win uh, uh, uh. but um yeah um Nicole Cook won everything first rider to ever win the Olympic and World Championships in the same same year retired from the sport with a deb- hugely explosive um retirement statement her book's coming out at the end of the month. Ah. Oh, now, I, I assume that you'll be grabbing a copy and, and presenting a book report right away. I have, pre, I have pre-ordered my book, my copy of it, and you can pre-order it on a Kindle edition if you do that kind of thing, or, you know, Australian bookshops and things like that. I recommend it. Um, it's going to be very, very interesting. I, I hope it reveals some, you know... Awesome, well, awesome she, I mean, bear in mind that her retirement statement covered British cycling, riders who dope, teams that didn't pay her. Yeah, exactly. Um, I mean, that's that's kind of what I'm getting at is like she's she's over the course of her career, all the shit that we know about, um, you can only imagine the scale of stuff that we haven't actually been told about yet. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I hope, I hope, I, I don't know how to put this, but I hope it's a kind of positive. I hope. I mean, I hope it brings out all the dirt, all the dirt, all the dirt, all the dirt. But I hope it's kind of presents the sport in a positive light. Do you know what I mean? Like, I want her to talk about the doping and stuff, but I don't want it to kind of turn into Nicole yeah. Cook says everyone's doping. You know, yeah. and yeah, you, want- you, you don't want it to be the cycling's fucked book. You want it to be the here's all that's fucked with cycling, but goddamn it, cycling's still awesome. 
Exactly, that's what I want. And, and, you know, this is Nicole. She's very clever. I'm sure it will be. Um, other things to... So pre-order your Nicole cookbook. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, good God. Um, you can now buy Half the Road, the women's cycling film on DVD. And if you're in the UK, come to Bristol and watch it with me on the 8th of July. It's going to be great. Um, and there's another film that was out this week. The Bicycle film was launched this week. And the other thing is there's currently on at the West Yorkshire Playhouse in Leeds for a couple of weeks the play about Beryl Burton. Um yeah, which is... Yeah, uh, which we talked about a little bit last week, didn't we? Yeah, um, superb yeah. champion. Um, things you should watch. There's a cute little video looking at cyclist superstitions out by the UCI channel. And I really like um, Caro, Caroline Buchanan's um, travelogue slash winning a log. I don't know how to say <laughs> this. From the um, BMX World Cup in Berlin. Uh, lovely little profile by Annika Beerton talking about her life in mountain bike four cross and uh bmx on specialized site and cute little optum kelly video about descending are called fly because you fly when you're on a bike and an advert that i really like we've talked adverts before um i don't know if if you watched it but always the feminine hygiene product I know it's it's like the worst way to describe a product category. They make sunny towels, yeah. basically. But and, um, yeah, it was a. I, I did watch it. It's a really good ad. Um, it's about the for those who haven't seen it, um, the the way that the phrase "like a girl" changes its meaning over over time in terms of the age of people, and so they yeah. they get all these different aged and and gendered. Um, actors, so you know, women and men and boys and girls, um, to act out basically like a screen test, you know, um, throw like a girl or whatever. And so you see Run people like throwing re- like really badly or, or whatever at first. Um, all adults. All, all adults. All, all adults. Um, and then they then they do the same thing with a bunch of girls. And they all, you know, throw properly and run hard and fast. And and uh, I actually found the fight one really interesting. It was, yeah. Um, but but yeah, it, it was. It's very revealing about the that kind of social aspect of of you know. At some point, we change this meaning, and we yeah. Very very powerful ad, I think. Yeah, and kind of like all about reclaiming, and obviously, you know, this there's always this is when it happens through puberty, and you know, it's when you start your periods and stuff. Um, but but very very really powerful, really just reminding you how awful, how you know, how crappy it is that that as 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 girls we're taught that we're shit, you know, like like you know when Wiggins had I descended like a girl, yeah, and yeah. the other year, and it's just so insulting, especially since Mariana Voss on any day of the week could out-descend him and, you know, Tiff yeah, Cromwell yeah. and, and, well, and, know, and that's, and that's one of the ones I found quite interesting in it was the, the young boy who was, you know, I, I mean, I'm guessing, but his age, I would have said he was only like 10 or 11 maybe. Mm. Um, and, and he, you know, done this thing and, you know, throw like a girl and kept his elbow tucked in and thrown badly and, and stuff. And then they showed this bit where the, the person's asking questions. So, you know, did you think that you were insulting girls? Um, and he's like, well, yeah, so you were insulting your sister? And his face gets this horrified and almost defensive, no, not my sister, but girls, yeah, sort of. 
And, you know, it, it was just very, I think, very, very revealing, you know, how that linguistic thing um, and, and psychological, social thing kind of takes hold. Um, and yeah. it's only when we're, we're pushed to relate it to real, the, you know, real life and real people that we start to, to understand how affecting that is. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. Very, you know, very clever, very good ad. I, I th- yeah. Yeah. And it, it made me think of Lo- Lois, Lois May Miller's um, Like a Girl stuff that she makes, Ride Like a Girl. Um, she's got a poster. Um, uh, she's been selling poster and stuff like that for, yeah. for years. Um, stickers, Ride Like a Girl. Like, you know, yeah, it's a good yeah. thing. You know, Riding Like a Girl means riding like Mariana Voss. You know, it means riding like Laura Trott. It means, you know, do you know what I mean? That's, that's what it means. It means yeah. all these amazing people. And, and I had this... I, I've written about it on our blog, so I won't rehash what I wrote, but I was thinking about this this week, so I was asked, how's women's cycling changed? And my one thing that I thought, the thing that I thought really epitomised it for me was a few years ago, uh, for years, I would have guys, dads, come to me and find me on Twitter or on the blog or whatever and say, hey, look, um, I don't know how to ask this, but, you know, I love cycling with my daughter and 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 this has happened and the things that happened would be things like, you know... Um, my daughter loves watching the Tour de France with me, and and we were talking one day and about about her joining a cycling club, and she turned around and said, "Don't be stupid, Daddy. Women can't race bikes." And and and, you know, and, and then the other guy who was saying that he loves going out riding with his three children, and his 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 two sons were saying they were going to grow up to be, you know, one was going to be Brad Wiggins, the other was going to be Mark Cavendish, and the little girl wants to be Mark Cavendish too, and her brothers are saying, "You can't be Mark Cavendish." Uh, and yeah. realizing he didn't have anyone who he should tell her about, and you know this is what it used to be like. You know, people used to get in touch with me and say, "Look, I just feel terrible because mm. my daughter really loves cycling, but she feels like there's no room for her. Can you show me any videos, or can you tell me who she can support?" And I, oh yeah, Mary, you'll love this. But since the Olympics, I don't get that anymore because you know it's and things like the women's tour and stuff in Britain at least you've got. You've got all these opportunities where people they don't need they don't need someone like me anymore. You know they can just watch it on TV with their daughters. Like like you know they can watch they can watch Mariana win the Olympics against Lizzie and they can watch the women's tour and they can, you know and it's just and in Britain there's been a lot more TV recently. They can watch the crit racing and stuff. And although it doesn't get equal billing with the men, it's still like you know those those little girls know that they can grow up to be Katie Archibald or yeah you yeah. Know, with her wacky colour hair and all her tattoos, or they can go up to Laura Trot, who's, who's, you know, oh, it's just, it's, it's really well, special. And it is, and I think it's one of those interesting things, you know, because it's kind of like that next stage of growth for women's cycling, where you know yeah. it's now part of that mainstream conversation. I mean, like you say, it's not equitable yet. It's, it's still a small part, but it, it's at least in the conversation and in the, the broader consciousness. And yeah. it's going to be interesting, I think, because it's that generation of girls that are going to be the first ones that sort of grow up with with more of that there, and they will yeah. actually help drive and grow it. You know, it'll be their generation of racers and riders who, who help elevate it to that whole next level where this it is, becomes a much more mainstream sport. And, well, this, is, yeah. this, is, this is why the Dutch, the Dutch are like, like a couple of generations ahead because obviously you had, um, you know, you had, um, oh, my God, Leontine van Morsel, um yeah, who yeah. is Mariana Vos? You know, Mariana Vos, who who's, who inspired writers like Vos. 
Do you know what I mean? Like all those, and actually some of the young British riders, like you think about your Joe Rousels and your Lizzie, mm. Ar- uh, your Lizzie Armitsteads, they were like looking to N- Nicole Cook. And yeah. if you ask like the young riders, the 18 year olds now, they all talk, you know, Nicole Cook winning the Olympics was when they were 10 years old. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know? And it's, it is, it's, and that's why, you know, it's one of the reasons why the Dutch have, you know, the Dutch, the Dutch and the Italians are beating everyone out of the water because they've got, you know, they've got such good, um, strong roots into cycling. But yeah, it's, it's just, it's really exciting. And I don't think we're there, but I think we're in a good place. We're on our way. We're, we're on our way. speaking of good places, of course, on Friday, it's the Women's Grand Tour. The Shiro Rossa starts. Indeed. Indeed. Um, with... Uh, the first of is it ten stages total or, or ten days with ten stages total. Awesome, awesome. No, hang on, no, hang on, no, hang on, hang on. Yes, ten stages total. I just get confused because they have a prologue, so you start on stage one, which is really stage two. Yes, yeah. yes. And that's always confused me. I never really knew how to describe that when I was first getting into it. <laughs> I never really understood how to look up the results because you go, well, is it stage one? But it's the second stage they raced. I don't understand. <laughs> and years, to, like it took me a really long time to get my head around that because it was just like what arcane terminology. So it kicks off on Friday night, yeah, with the uh, with the yep. prologue. It's a late night prologue. Now this year. If you're a rider like Alison Powers or Emma Pooley, you're slightly grumpy that there's no ITT. Um, and traditionally, an ITT is very good for the general classification people. And Emma Pooley says she doesn't think she's going to win it because there's no ITT, which makes it hard for her. Um, the prologue is um, just, north of, just north of Naples in Caserta. Um, underneath the Royal Palace of Caserta, it's a 2.05-kilometre 2. prologue out and back along the same road, basically power down the road, turn a tight corner, power back. Um, in the dark, on the flagstones. No possibility. Yeah, yeah, no, there's there's definitely no way that that's going to have drama associated with yeah. it at all. Now, if you wonder why a prologue, I mean, obviously it's easier for like road closures and stuff like that, but the other thing, so when I was with working on the women's tour, the thing I hadn't realised was not only is each stage limited to how far you can race, but they're also limited to an overall distance. So the women's tour was five days, so it's limited to 500 kilometres overall. So, of course, the shorter you have your prologue and things than ITT, the more more you can push the state over 100 kilometres later on in the race. So I I have a sneaking suspicion that that's why it might be a prologue (laughs) rather than ITT. Okay, well, you know... It's also why you sometimes have quite long neutral stages. But but also, also, I mean, logistically, it it makes a lot of sense. You know, it's a a simple, cost-effective way to have that 10th stage. Um, yeah. and, and of course, sort out a, a ranking for the first first proper racing stage. Yeah, it's just it is. I am disappointed. I would like to have a ITT, but anyway, stage two. And um, the first, it's interesting because last year there were ridiculous transfers, and there still are in this one. But the first four stages are all pretty much in the same area. Yeah. Yep. And so stage one is a crit, basically. It's ninety-five kilometers in total. Eleven circuits of a five-point-one kilometers kilometer lap. Right. With a um, a climb in the middle of it, uh, one point I got one point eight meters. So right. basically, you're saying that this stage was based on the U.S. Nationals course. You know, you know what? It's 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 basically based on American stage races. This was this was going to be one of my questions for you. Actually, was um, one one of the things that I think is going to be interesting is. Um, Alison Powers, you know the, mm. the the triple U.S. national champion. 
um, writing for UHC, which is Mara Abbott's team. And so obviously Mara's going to be going for the GC overall, but a stage like this, to my way of thinking, would be a pretty pretty prime opportunity for a rider like Ali to to go for it. But the question well, is, also, will the team let her? You know? Also, UHC have Hannah Barnes in them, who is a really, really good crit rider and is riding in... Yeah, I mean, I look at this course. So it's got to climb. Obviously, having a climb in the lap also means a descent. Lots of corners... Some really look mad. Like when you look at them on the map, you're like, oh, oh, I'm not sure about that. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, um, I had a bunch. But the thing is, though, is it's not just the Americans who love their crits. True. It's Dutch. But I mean, if, man, if I was. Okay, so if, if I was imaginary UHC DS, though, I'd want to own this stage with, with Hannah and or Ali Powers, if for no other reason than to neutralize someone else. You know. Well, I mean, the thing is about this stage, so it's we, you're not allowed to have crits in UCI-level races, so it's crit-like. <laughs> <laughs> it's a Clayton's crit. Did you have In Clayton's? your crit-like stage. Um, yeah, in your crit-like stage. So, I don't know. I mean, it's going to be... It, the thing that's a little bit worrying is that it is it could be quite dangerous. So, I can imagine there might be some riders who might hold back a bit from this. Some teams that might hold back from this and go, look, let's not contest it. Let's Let's let let's let those crit riders do the crazy things, but no getting caught up in crashes at like seventy kilometers an hour, please. Um, so yeah, so that's that's stage um, two. Yeah, um, but but Sarah, just just forgive me, but have you ever watched a women's cycling race? You know what? Some, because because sit back and like. I, that's not how women race. That's how no, men race. No, no, okay, right. I'm not being funny, but if I was, if it, it's the first, it's the first stage, the first road stage. There's a lot of riders there who aren't necessarily going to be as used to riding in a bunch. La la la. And I would, I would genuinely say, let's lose six seconds here and hold back. You know, let's lose ten seconds here, hold back, and let other people get caught up in the crashes. I would do that. But that's the thing, you're not going to lose 6 or 10 seconds, you're going to lose 40 or 50 seconds if you do yeah, that. Yeah, but 40 or 50 seconds over the course of the Giro, I, uh, versus having three of your stars out with collarbone breaks. You know what, there's only one way to settle this. We're going to have to DS teams. Um, can you make some calls and get this sorted out so that we can DS uh, a couple of teams and, and figure this out on the road over the next week? Okay, let's do it. Let's do it. Cool. So um, after after stage one, if anyone survived the massive crashes, um... <laughs> <laughs> oh god, I'm dying. Sorry, <laughs> so st- while Dan dies, stage two is also in the Campania pro- um, province in uh, in in Frata Maggiore. God. I actually blacked a- out for a second there. Oh jeez, sorry. And this, it's in Frata Maggiore. It's a, um, it's another one that's, it's another loopy race. This is six loops of an eighteen point seven kilometer, which has a kind of technical couple of finishes before a seven hundred meter straight run in. Very long run in. There's a little bit of, you know, no, nothing's higher than a hundred meters there. And this is looking like it could be a sprint stage. Uh-huh. Um, most likely to be a sprint stage. Um, but here's the thing you have to remember about women about these races as well is that um, I, I, I've been asking riders Q and A's about the, what do they think of the race. You know, asking a lot of riders five or six races each. And Alina Amilusic, the Belarusian um, cyclist for Astana B Pink, said 
that you have to remember that although you although you can win the Giro on a hard stage, you can lose the Giro on an easy stage. Yeah, yeah. So you just have to kind of have your eyes open all the time. And so, mm. you know, you can say sprint stage, but, you know, remember that stage a couple of two years ago where it was supposed to be a stage for the sprinter and Tiffany Cromwell won with a hundred kilometre breakaway. So yeah, breakaway. yeah. And, um, and, and got out to what, it was something ridiculous, like a 26 minute lead or something at one point. 12, 12 minute, 12 minute lead, 12 and a half minute lead on the road, virtual GC. Yes. Now we're going to chase her. Um, yeah. yeah. Um, Stage three is where the GC is is like the one where everyone's saying the GC race will really start. We start in Caserta again and go to San Danto, San Donato Val di Camino, and it's 125 kilometers. And the first 20 kilometers or so don't look so hard, and then this profile gets a little bit spiky. You know, lots of kind of up and down and up and downy bits. And then they have the first big climb, which is Category Two, Belmonte Castello, seven kilometer long climb average of 7.5 uh yeah it's big it's you know it's a big it's a it's a big climb and then the last 35 kilometers are really kind of jaggedy uphill you know steady apparently it's a steady climb but some bitey bits but yeah um uphill finish that will be interesting because that's mm. the one you can where we'll start where we'll sort sort start, out start the, um, to see sort who's who's in yeah. in good form and and ready to go for it there yeah yeah so up four days without big transfers and then they transfer cross country because they've been on the east side of the country and mm-hmm. sorry the west side of the country and then stage four is along the adriatic right and it's adriatica alberta jesse basically most of this uh, most of the day is spent riding right along the sea is going oh. to look Oh, that's going to be so beautiful. And also, as you know, if you're riding next to the sea, that gives us the best chance of sea breeze, which gives us the best chance of the most beautiful cycling formation known to humankind. Are you thinking about echelons, Dan? I am thinking about echelons. Mm. Just let's have a moment and think about echelons. Mm. If people are new to cycling, describe echelons to them. Echelons are the perfect cycling visual representation of uh, physical forms in patterns of the wind that normally can't be seen by the naked eye. So describe it in the less poetic way. Oh, right, okay. So echelon is when the, the wind is, is coming from... Uh, it's basically a crosswind, so it's not, a, not directly ahead or, or behind the peloton. And um, so the most efficient way to ride as a bunch through it is to stream in a diagonal line across the road in order to shelter from the wind as much as possible Uh, but it's also difficult to ride in because the wind is literally trying to push you sideways Um, so it is battly fighty hard cycling and um, it also those sort of conditions favor uh, riders from the low countries like the like the Dutch because they have a lot of that uh, that sort of weather in their in their home uh, land and um, it often can cause unexpected splits in the peloton yes. catching people unawares be- or um, you know not even you individually being caught unaware but the person in front of you being caught unaware for a moment and holy shit that's a 20 second gap what the fuck just happened yeah 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 because of the wind, and, and so mm. in, in echelons, the riders take very short turns on the front 
and rotate backwards so you have a short turn on the front where it's killing you and then you kind of get to the back where you're sheltered by the line of riders and you gradually go further forward and come off and yeah and if you're like if you if someone loses concentration and loses the wheel in front of them they're suddenly out they're suddenly the one out on front leading it pushing yep. it and if you're trying to catch it can be very very hard because as Dan said the wind's shooting you sideways so you know probably one of the biggest dangers about echelon riding is that if someone ahead of you is um is is a uh, you know is, is it loses it then you you it's just yeah and and but, cycling but, but, cycling is replete with great stories of very very smart tactical ds's taking full advantage of those sorts of things um because you combine a you know a turn in the road for example with um a change in the direction of wind and all of a sudden you have the perfect opportunity for a team that's prepared for it to actually split the race apart and um, and it, it's one of those ones that it can lead to very unexpected things. So just as Sarah said, you know, the stage before, we'll have had our chance to see um, the GC riders really sort of show who they are. All of that hard work by a theoretical GC dominant rider could be undone in one now, moment. And this is going to be very, very interesting, I think, because obviously Mariana Voss's team, they're riding with three GC threats. Mariana Voss, <laughs> who's won the race twice, Jen- and <laughs> Uh, and Pauline Fra- and Pauline Fra- and Well, technically, technically, Sarah, I think you have to say they're riding with four GC threats, um, which are Mariana Voss, Anna van der Bregen, Pauline Fra- and Prevost, and Mariana Voss. <laughs> I mean, it's going to be incredibly hard to beat that team. So, so Mara Abbott is probably the best climber. I don't know how Emma Pooley's climbing, but Mara Abbott pretty much won last year by not losing any time in the early stages, and then monstering the two climbs yeah, yeah she she absolutely destroyed everyone on those climbs but this is one of those but this is one of those stages where if uhc aren't careful mm, mm. abbott could lose the race here but this is like, definitely it, this is definitely a major risk for like if you're if you're the uhc road captain um you know the rider responsible for the team on the road on the day this is the stage where you must basically be mostly shitting yourself all yeah. day you're just this, like oh well, my god oh my I mean, god oh my god of course, we don't know where the wind's coming from because it could be headwind, it could be tailwind. We're hoping it's wind straight off the sea, mm. really strong wind, and we hope the Dutch riders are just grinning their heads off all the way through it. It's going to be hard. It's going to be fun. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, so basically, they it's 118 kilometers. They sprint for about 100 kilometers along the Adriatic. And then at nine kilometers to go, there's a Cat 3 climb. Ooh, Only nice. 250 kilometers high, I think. But it's a Cat 3 climb at <laughs> so, nine kilometers to go. Descending to the finish. Uh, hang on, hang on, hang on. Um, just, uh, you got to help me because I'm sure what you said makes perfect sense when your head's working properly, but you said only 250 kilometres high? Metres. Metres, okay. Yeah. Okay. Now, I think, you know who I think about this stage? It's really sad that Kirsten Veal isn't racing the Giro. She's going to be racing the track to get some World Cup points and stuff. But I think Ellen van Dyke. There is oh, a, actually, that there makes a lot a of sense because she's she's the kind of rider who, you know, could could make a really strong late break from the bunch and would be strong enough to to push it home I, on her own. I, I reckon if the winds if the winds favour us cycling fans, mm. I reckon um, because the other thing is is that the Dutch the the, the, the European based pro peloton, especially the Dutch teams and riders like Emma Johansson are very very good at this. And you know, you, you remember all those. St- 
stages in Ijiwatu where there's the first break is at 12 kilometers and it's mm. got 15 riders and it's basically got all of HTC High Road yeah. plus um, plus Mariana Vot, you know, plus half of Rabobank. Yeah, sorry, yeah. Uh, yeah. Or, or, so that, or that one break that had 27 members of the nine-member Orica team. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. I think, I think, I, I just have feelings about this stage. I think it's actually <laughs> going to be more lethal than people think. Yeah, so, yeah, no, you're getting me really excited for this stage. This is this is turning into my my yeah. must-see stage. Well, we just hope for wins because it could be incredibly boring too because if the wind's not working, it could just be let's ride along and, oh, my God, you know, we try and get away and attack, but no one can get away. So let's hope for crosswinds. Um, stage five is in the same area. It's also along the Adriatic. It's from Jesse to uh, which is where stage four, where stage four finished to Casenatico. Um, this is the one in honour of Marco Pantani. Ah, right. Yeah. Um, mm. It's all along the Adriatic coast. Again, there's a climb in the middle. A cat, it basically, it starts with a descent. It has a cat four climb in the middle, but it's basically sprinty, 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 you know, right along the coast, right along the coast, finishing with the perfect run-in for a sprint, nice and wide roads. However, again, we're riding along the Adriatic coast. Let's hope for wind. I think that's the only only logical choice. The only thing that makes bothers me is I do worry because in my heart I do have a secret yen for Emma Pooley to win the Giro because she is in my virtual director's um, Excuse me, but since when has that been secret? Like, for as long as I've known you and as long as we've been doing this podcast, all you've wanted is an, an edition of the Giro that is all uphill time trials and only Emma Pooleys are allowed to enter it. <laughs> that's not entirely true I also want Mariana Voss to win and I'd also like Pauline Fran Prevost to win and I'd also like um, Evie Stevens to win and I'd like Claudie Hauschler to do really well and you know there's loads in the, and, and, and lots more riders that's not just the only ones I hasten to add Elisa Longo-Borghini I'd like <laughs> her, to, her to win but yeah I really would love and the only thing I worry slightly about is riding along in the wind isn't great for Emma so anyway stage six Stage six, they have a trans. Sorry, 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 so sorry. Yeah, so stage stage five, Marco Pantani stage. Um, blah 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 blah. Looks like a sprinter one. Let's hope for crosswinds. Indeed, indeed. Um, stage then six transfer to the start of stage six. Stage six transfer to Treviso, um, Treviso province, and we're from Gaiarine to San Fiore. and it's 112 kilometres. It's the first big climby day. It's got three categorized climbs it's one of those weird courses which has like which looks like a figure of eight like a kind of rotated squash figure of eight um yeah but they don't yeah so it's kind of very looping around the same areas they have the um first climb is um uh ca del poggio category two short but 20 percent in places Mm, mm. no sorry i'm in the wrong one i'm reading my things wrong Three categories climb. The, there's, the first one's quite hard. The second one's a bit of a warm-up. Then the third one is up to La Crosetta, Cadel Poggio, short but 20%. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm lying. That's the no. first one. The second one is Cat 4. Then the third one is the Cat 1. Pian del Consiglio, also known as Salta de Carbonai. Salta de Carbonai. This is a thousand, and it's, it, it climbs up about a, you know about about a kilometer in height. Yeah. And 
it's a very, very interesting. Velo focus on his profile has takes you up it, and part of it is on unsealed roads. Oh, okay, right. And after it, it finishes with a long descent in the last ten kilometres. <gasps> and this, oh, I do Marianne love it. Foss- yeah, I do love a descending finish. That's mm. yeah. So while you've got like great climbers like Mara Abbott and Emma Pooley in the bunch, you've also got riders who could hit the top of it like a. Do you remember there was a stage in the yeah. Euro? It was ago. about two years ago when Mariana basically made up like four hours in the descent. She hit. This was the stage that basically that she took. That, oh, she was a minute and a half behind at the top of the climb, mm. behind a group of like Pooley and and Stevens and people like that. And she was about two minutes ahead at the bottom of the climb. Yeah, yeah, at the at the bottom of the descent on the other I don't side. Know the technical it is, so yeah. it might not. But but yeah. it will be particularly interesting if. Um, do you know if the descent is all paved or if it's partly no, un- unpaved roads as well? Roads. Okay. Yeah, I mean. If the descent wasn't paved, I'd be going. Marianne yeah, Voss, that would be a bit. Bravo, Pauline especially. Yeah, cross country yeah. stars years racing to finish. So yeah, so that's like the first big climbing day, and then the final two days are also climbing days. Stage eight is the Queen stage, and it's very familiar. It's pretty much the same stage as last year's stage six. Um, it's the Elisa Longo Borghini stage, um, starting from Lake Maggiore going through her hometown of Ornavasso and then ending up on this huge, huge long climb to San Domenico di de Vaso. And this was the stage last year where Mara Abbott took the, um, took the stage and took, you and, know, basically... Uh, and the leader's jersey too. Yeah. Yeah. Now, this is... Last year, it's the Elisa Longo-Borghini stage because it goes through her hometown. And last year, of course, Longo-Borghini couldn't ride because mm, mm. she'd crashed in nationals. And so she was but watching... But there was that, st- that beautiful scene of, of her watching from the side of the road and her team stopped and, and you know, all said hello and gave hugs and stuff. And it was really cool. Yeah. She was watching it in a, from a wheelchair last year because she'd yeah. broken her hip and she'd ripped open her stomach, falling underneath the barrier... Yeah, yeah. Sliding out from under a barrier. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if she'd actually taken that Italian Nationals a little bit. So it was very rainy again in the Italian Nationals. So mm. I wouldn't actually be surprised if she just said, "Look, I'm not. It's you know, I'm not going to risk it." Because yeah, I. It's this is the Elisa stage. It's a really big climbing day. Can she win it? Um, if there's GC questions, you know, this is one of the ones where, say, for example, Pooley or Abbott or riders like that had lost time on mm. the seaside stages yeah. this is where they can really really make it up well so, exactly yeah. this is it where they've averages, really got to go for it yeah it averages eight percent it's a long big climb 13 kilometers of climbing i think it's going to be really interesting actually because this is a very different sort of um course in the in the way that it, it builds up to these climbing days and um you know on paper it looks like it's a much less um advantageous sort of year for a, for a rider like abbott or pulley yeah, yeah, um, yeah. But as yeah. you say, they get to this point, and and quite interestingly too, if if they decide to to work together, um, you know, to to pace each other through those climbs, they could they could do something very interesting. I mean, I think well, last year, I mean, in previous years, I mean, the, when Mariana Voss for the, won for the first time, the descending really helped her. 
Last year, the courses were very weird because they frequently started with some murderous climb, which I think the sprinters... Yay, great! Thank you. Thank you for giving us a climb at the beginning of the race every day. <laughs> last year, it started off with a couple of sprint stages, a couple of classic stages, um, you know, the uphill finish on stage, um, stage five, I think. Then they had the two big climbing stages, ITT finishing on a sprint stage. Mm-hmm. This year, it's kind of interesting because the sprinters get to stay in for a little bit longer. If they can cope with stage three, they've got, you know, wind permitting possibilities on stage four and five. Yeah. And then, so this is the queen stage on stage eight. And then we finish on a, another climbing stage. And this is um, in Lombardy. It's from uh, Trezzo Solada to Madonna de Gisalo, Gisalo. And Madonna de Gisalo is a, the Madonna, there's a, there's a, a I was, someone she's described the, Sorry. Yeah, carry on. I was just going to say, she's the patron saint of cycling, so She is the patron saint yeah. of cycling. Someone described it to me as the creepy sanctuary full of weird shit at the top of the mountain. <laughs> That's that's because, you know, tourists, devout and non-devout and superstitious and non-superstitious, you know, go leave tokens of their their devotion. Yeah. yeah. So. Um, this one is only, in inverted commas, 80 kilometres. It's the shortest road stage. It spends a lot of time riding up Lake Lecco. And the final climb is eight kilometres long, averaging five and a half, maximum 14% radiant. Most of that in the beginning of the climb. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, with all of that said, do you do you dare make a prediction for? I, I don't. I don't want to make a prediction because I don't want to jinx. Um, here's the riders to look out for in GC. Obviously, Mara Abbott won last year. She pretty much races in the USA. Not even all the races in the USA. Her whole season is built around this. Yeah. Yeah. yeah basically, so, basically, her entire reason for being on a bike is to try and win this race. So. Yeah. 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 Yeah, so Mara Abbott, but I don't know. I mean, you know, like I say, she's she's last year she won because it was long, long grinding climbs. Mm. Can she? Can she? You know, there's and and the other thing is is that the the Euro, you know, riders like um, riders who know they're not as good climbers, and I think especially people like Voss, um, and you know, riders like Stevens and riders who I think are more used to racing in the Euro peloton and, yeah. and racing stages. I think they could. Yeah, that her her advantage is those last three climbing stages. Yeah, her definitely, definitely those three um, really suit her. But there's enough stages ahead of that that are really suited to particularly very smart classicy style riders. I reckon. Yeah, yeah. and and also the descending. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. Emma, Emma Pooley famously used to win by just being able to climb, and she's gone back and worked on her descending. I've no idea what Pooley's doing. Pooley says she's not going for GC, she's going for stage wins. However, you know, do you believe riders when they say things like that? I don't know. Um, Rabobank, I mean, Pauline Frampreveau and Anna van der Breggen are climbing superbly. And yeah. Mariana Voss is, I mean, last year, Voss lost in the mountain stages, but she was doing everything to win any seconds earlier on mm, and I can mm. imagine that I can imagine that she could maybe lose you know maybe she could lose five minutes on the climbs and stuff but can she make up five minutes on if it's windy yeah yeah it, it, you know it, one it, one good day in the wind and then that descending finish you know could all but neutralize an, a theoretical yeah. five minute loss yeah. you know yeah, um, and then you've got riders like um, Claudia Hauschner is another former winner obviously you've got all the Italians you know your Luperini's mm. 
Elisa Longo Borghini. Um, I wouldn't have thought that she's a pure. She's not a pure climber, but oh my god, she's clever. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And again, I can imagine. I can imagine Elisa's the type of rider who could get into those echelons. Mm. You know, if, if these theoretical echelons. I'm so sorry if, if they don't echelon. Um, yeah, uh, it's it's yeah. So the big days to look out for, I'd say, stage three, which is stage three is um, you know the first GC day. Stages four and five, possibly echelon days. Who knows about the wind? And then stage six, really interesting first. In, in essence, what we're saying is that you have to watch every stage. Every stage is a yeah. must-watch stage. Like it's yeah. Now, um, yeah, other people to watch out for, Evelyn Stevens. Um, mm-hmm. I definitely look out for everyone in Specialised Lululemon to win a stage. You know, yeah, there's always yeah. Tiff Cromwell, uh, two years ago, won her stage with 100km breakaway. Yep. Last year was out in that day where only she could keep up with Mariana Voss. Yeah, yeah, and then had that really unfortunate, um, you know, loss of control on, on the bike and, and couldn't, you know, um, on on the was it the second last descent leading up to that last yeah 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 and, and yeah she couldn't quite catch back on Devos and um, yeah like very very bad luck in that but, regard know, but it was it was you, such a good stage though you know why one of the reasons I love Tiff Cromwell I was she's I, I've got her in my Q and A that I'm putting up that I put up yesterday because yep. uh, you know Friday Q and A and she puts that as one of her highlights of the Giro oh yeah I I've loved um, the different interviews about it where she. You know, she doesn't talk about it with any regret at all. She talks about how cool it was to to be able to keep up with Voss and how good she was feeling. And, and you know, I actually really like that positivity. It's, yeah. Oh, no, cool. I love it. I love it. And it's so Tiffany. It's so mm. just like her, you know, to be like... I don't think she's been having a... I mean, I don't think she's been very happy with her season because, you know, I, I just get the feeling that she wishes that she was winning more. But, but I love her. She's got such a positive can-do attitude. What, what a, what a weird say, thing for a cyclist to be wishing they were winning more. That's that's so strange. But, yeah, um, I'm, I'm not dissing her season at all, but I think she would have, you know, I think she wouldn't... Yeah, anyway, yeah. but the Giro can change all of that. So, mm. yeah, um, yeah, uh, Lisa Evi, Claudia Hauschler, Italians. Italians always do well in the Giro. You mm. know, um, probably Fabiana Luperini, who's not been around all year, will do something. I wonder if maybe... Um, Rossella Ratto last year yep. was, um, you know, was, was very strong and has been climbing really, really well. Very young rider, just 19, I think, riding for Estado de Mexico, Farron. Yep. And uh, Tatiana Gadurzo, the former world champ. We haven't seen much of her, but, no, you know, we'll see her in the... true. Also, um, Bronzini did very well last year too on on several stages with... Um, with Bronzini was the first Italian to win for a really, really long yeah, time. Yeah, um, uh, Since the 90s. Uh, to win a stage, so um, yeah, you won't see Bronzini in the overall. But no, but, no, but, but for stages, I wouldn't rule out. You know, particularly not if we're if we're coming sprints. Yeah, so. Um, yeah. So I think it's going to be a great race. It's going to be really exciting. Mm. Now, you can't watch it live, but you'll probably you know, but 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 you can follow it on Twitter. I've got a Twitter list which has the live people live updating. Yep. And then every day there's a. Um, a highlights package. Okay, there's at least forty-five minutes highlights yeah. on Rice Sport Two, which you can watch via Ola and Tunnel Bear. Yeah. Um, it's in in. It looks like it's being shown at six p.m. eighteen hundred hours Euro time, right? Which right. works out to five p.m. British time, which I'm sorry, Dan, works out to two in the morning. Yeah, so, yeah. Which yeah. means which means if really? I watch it, it'll be on on a bit of a delay, but that's okay. I can deal with that. Um, however, but but in essence, however, the idea however, is that yes, sorry. 
it does also tend to turn up on YouTube. I'm, I, I colour me shocked and amazed and astounded. Pirate and... videos turning up on YouTube. And yeah, so you can't watch it live, but you can watch tons of highlights. You can follow the riders. I've got a Twitter list, which I'm putting, pulling together to follow all the riders. Um, on Podium Cafe, I'm doing my traditional, now traditional, ask lots and lots and lots of different kind of riders five or six questions about the Giro and see mm. what they say. And um, yeah, and we'll have... There's previews. I, I really recommend the Velo Focus previews yeah. because one of the things that's hilarious is the difference between his worked out um, profiles, profiles yeah. and the profiles the race gives us. <laughs> yes. yes. Um, the Giro is known for surprise climbs and surprise 20 kilometer <laughs> sections that weren't in the road book. So, yeah, um, if in doubt, look at Velo Focus. If anyone here is listening and is riding, look at Velo Focus. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, you, you may find out very important things. So, yeah. Um, and uh, as always, um, Sarah's more than happy to play one of her favourite games if you're a bit new to women's cycling and um, not sure who to follow. Uh, f- hit her up on Twitter, uh, at underscore pigeons underscore, or via our, our site, prowomenscycling.com, and tell her who your favourite men's rider is, and she will give you a list of the women equivalents. Uh, so you will never be without someone to to support in the Giro Rosa. Yes, and I promise you, they won't all be Emma Pooley. Not all, most, but not all. No, that's not. No, I don't. No, give away so, some of them will be Pooley, comma Emma. So no, that's not true. Um, anyway, uh, we'll be when we speak to you next. We'll be mid Giro. We'll have our Giro Don Epic Spectacular, and we'll be able to hear all about how the race is going. Any Giro questions? Come to us. We, you can also email us as prowomenscycling at gmail.com. And our site, prowomenscycling.com, has got links to everything we spoke about in today's, um, in today's podcast and lots of things we didn't get around to. Mm. Thank you for joining us and, um, and thank you for, for suffering with me through my Ebola. I shall do my Have best you noticed to that Dan's man flu has got better the longer we talk? <laughs> you think it's got better because I've talked less than I usually do, which means I've interrupted less than I usually do. So, Yes. Anyway, thank you for listening and get well soon, Dan. <laughs>